Welcome into another episode of Around the Loop. Baseball is officially back. I think last time we spoke, baseball wasn't back. I don't think it, it was. was. We were we were freaking out. How about that? We I were. think you're right. I feel like yeah, there's a lot of like freaking out in Chicago. A couple days before. A lot of freaking out in Chicago regardless. Bulls suck. Our only hope for life, you know, has now turned into a dark madness. Um, still, I mean, they're a playoff team regardless, I guess. But they're bad. And it hurts. And, you know, the Raptor fans who were in our mentions in December saying this is how DeMar's teams always are. It's becoming a reality, kind of. And I don't want to believe it yet, but it's damn sure looking like that. Yeah, I don't really know what you're talking about with the Raptors fans, but I mean, whatever. It's not really looking too hot right now. I guess we used to always say, like, oh, when we get Caruso back, we'll be good. Caruso came back, and then we said, you know, we just need Pat Williams. Pat Williams back. He's not playing much, but, God, there's a lot of pressure on Lonzo Ball right now because we yeah, were a damn good team before all these injuries, and it's it's a little unrealistic, I think, that we even bounce back to what we were early on. So, come on, Lonzo. At least we got that excuse, you know. <laughs> yeah. Probably. We didn't have Lonzo, you know. <laughs> it's not just our team falling apart. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, I don't know, man. It's just, like, I'm so disappointing. Like, I don't know what has happened. Like, Maybe if we still had Jim Boylan. Is it a – Is it a, the promised land? Is it a Billy <laughs> Donovan? Is it a Billy Donovan issue? I think we still definitely should have made a move. At the deadline, we really didn't do anything, which I guess a lot of it was centered. I mean, and I don't know this. I wasn't in the conversations, but like from what I saw on Twitter, a lot of it had to do either getting up, giving up Kobe, which he was doing really good at the time. Offensively, was filling in and winning us some games. So I didn't really want to get rid of Kobe. And on the other hand, it was getting rid of Patrick Williams, who, you know, kind of same boat. Like he was injured then, so we didn't really know what he was doing at the time. But, you know, that's our – it's AK's first draft pick, a young kid that we got a lot of hopes for. So I don't want to see him traded all either way. But I guess seeing some of the things that happened and, you know, Tristan Thompson was nice to pick up. But I feel like, you know, we're, we're a good piece away. Like, uh, we're not just like a little role player away. I think we're still a good, you know, starting type forward away from competing with these teams. And it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with Lucas. Um I think the Bulls were just too passive. I think they put a lot of trust in the roster that they had, which, you know, at the time of the deadline, I think that was warranted, right? Uh, we were still talking about sort of injury excuses, if you will. Um, you know, when so-and-so comes back, the Bulls are good. When so-and-so is healthy, when everybody's healthy. Um, but I think we made this comparison last episode. It's kind of like a White Sox thing. feels like the, the White Sox this last year. Oh, you know, when everybody comes back, it'll be just fine. Well, not really. <laughs> yeah. You don't you don't know what goes behind closed doors. Like we we were all riding high around the all-star break, just really just overachieving with our team. <laughs> but honestly, like I've trusted AK so far. He's done so well that honestly, like, yeah, I wanted to keep the momentum going and I want to win as much as we can this year. But also like I'm still at the point where I trust him enough where, you know what, like maybe we were just a year away or more than a year away, 
year or two, but like, I'm glad that he didn't make a move that he's uncomfortable with just to say he made a move. Cause who knows if, you know, who knows if we would have even been able to get the guy that would complete us as a team, like that might almost be more frustrating. I wouldn't, I'd rather go through a little slump than be like the 76ers have been the last like four years. Like, like, Oh, they, they've got a good team, but you know, it's just like, it's just not enough. They've had like, I feel like they've had players just in and out, like of around and beat, always making moves at the deadline. You know, they had like Jimmy Butler. Now they got Harden, you know, Simmons. They feel like they've just always had like right. know, different squads. They're good moves, but like, is it like really we're going to win a championship with these guys? No, exactly. And you look at the Bucks. obviously it's a different story. They have Giannis Antetokounmpo, like the best player in the league. But I mean – they've had their roster that I feel like and the moves that they make, it's just like they can make those moves because they have Giannis, but like they also have like this handpicked built roster, like around like a lot of solid role players. And I feel like, I don't know. Another thing that's also hurt us this year is just like Fooch just has honestly just kind of, I mean, he's been good. Like, we can't bitch, I guess, because it's definitely an upgrade over Wendell Carter Jr. for sure. But not the – Real high bar. Not the, not the all-star caliber player, I guess, that we've kind of been looking for in him. Um, a lot of inconsistency from him. And he's just really not good defensively down low. Um, yeah, I feel like he's just – every time Joel Embiid plays us, it's a 50-piece or at least 35-plus. It hurts. It's, I mean, yeah. he's like – it seems like he has his best games like when everyone else is struggling. It seems like we can't just get a cohesive, at least for the last mo- couple months, like we can't have a cohesive game where everyone's just on their game at the same time. It just seems like everyone's hot or cold at different times. Yeah, you, know, you go- got DeMar going off for like 34, 35 last night. Kobe White having like six points or something. He's had a real bad stretch over the last few games. So That's I guess just- I'm looking looking ahead. I'm thinking like, do the Bulls have a first-round pick or is that a booch pick this year? I think it's protected lottery. Okay, that'd be nice. I don't know who, um, you know, player-wise and obviously maybe – I'll have to put some more thought into that, but I think power forward or center, like you got to have someone behind Booch coming up. We got Marco, but he's still in the G League. He's, you know, still a little bit away. We definitely need like a big body down there and a young big body too. We got guards with like Io. We got, you know, Caruso for a couple of years. They're young enough. So I think we need a big boy now. Grab I will say, Chad. <laughs> oh, man. Chad? I, don't, I don't think he's, he's not big enough. I need some muscle. So. I need some meat on those bones. I agree. What did he say? Chat. Chat. Oh, my gosh. Oh. <laughs> I mean. The White Reaper. He's kind of like. White I, Reaper. I, I, I just can't that. that. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to stay with him, What, 190? Yeah, dude. That's maybe generous. Seth Walker. <laughs> Seth Walker. He was seven foot tall. He was seven foot, yeah. <laughs> and a lot better at basketball. That's true. I, I will say with the Bulls, my my last point, or educated point at least, you know, you look at the schedule, they've got seven games left, right? Seven, I think. Something slight. And uh, 
they're all pretty darn winnable games. I mean, you play Milwaukee once at home. You play Boston at home. Uh, and in that stretch, you've only got two road games. So tonight they're playing at, at Washington, and then they close the, the regular season at Minnesota. Those are both winnable road games, and then you're at home for such a long time. I mean, they're in the playoffs no matter what. This stretch is definitely favorable to end the season. If they get hot at home, I, I think I'm, I'm feeling okay, at least for the first round. Yeah, it's like they, they kind of need to, too. It's, these almost feel like must-win games, and I'm not really sure on how it's going to affect the seeding and whatnot. I know there's still a chance we end up in the play-in tournament, which would obviously not be ideal. But, yeah, this is definitely the nut-up-or-shut-up type uh, week that they need to have here. I mean, who who's a favorable for first-round match? Like, you look at the top five ahead of us right now, and we're talking about the hottest team in the NBA, and that's the – Boston Celtics, and they're probably our most favorable matchup. Right. They played the That's Celtics. Who projected, if the season ended right they're now. The one, and they're the one seed as of right now. And what? So we wouldn't need to get the eight to play them in the first round and pray no, for the one and eight rounds. They were just one like yesterday. I know that yeah, they're, they're a game. Five. They're, they're uh, a game back. The Sixers, the Bucks, and the Celtics, they're all a game back. On the heat, yeah, correct, uh, dude. I'm telling you, they're all just like, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? That could. God, I am not feeling confident at all when I'm hearing these things. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's transition into the Chicago Bears. Um, oh, even better. You want to talk about <laughs> confidence? Come on. Uh, <laughs> how are we feeling? Not, not, not much done. Um, other than, you know, by Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks is for sure not coming back. I feel like you just look at the moves being made now. Akeem Hicks is gone. Eddie Goldman's been cut. Tariq Cohen's been cut. He's not fucking around with this roster that he came into. James Daniels didn't even care to re-sign him. Jermaine Fetty not making a single effort to re-sign him. As, I mean, rightfully so. Uh, doesn't, who knows, Sam Mustafer's under contract, but you can tell that Ryan Poles isn't a fan. How are we feeling so far? I, I'm I'm just really excited for Trevor Simeon. Um, I think that's a great piece. His leadership, his mentorship. He's going to turn Justin Fields into the into the superstar. He's going to be the reason he takes that next step. Northwestern's finest. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm feeling pretty good. Like I still think a lot of it just needed to happen. Um, a lot of it maybe could have been done last year, and we could have been maybe taking some of these cap hits, these dead hits. We got one of the highest dead um, cap numbers in the NFL, if not the highest. Um, and still, I think we probably have around top five, top ten for sure cap remaining. So it just tells you, you know, this this year we're not going to have a lot of money on the field. There's not going to be, like, these huge contracts. We just can't because of the amount of money that's, you know, dead. Um, but I'm okay with that. I mean. We have draft picks. We don't have a first-round pick, but we got Justin Fields. I'm all right with that. Um, these two second-round picks, I think we can really get starting caliber players still. So, at this point, I'm just, you know, let's fast-forward through these, you know, maybe minor signings. And I don't expect the Bears to make, like, a, a big-name veteran, Honey Badger-type signing. But I'm, you know, really excited to see uh, who we use those first two picks on in the second round. And um, to that point, after that, I'll just be, you know, 
get me to the start of the season because I just want to see what, you know, what, what this team is. 100%. I feel like it's all about finding the identity moving yeah. forward after this. Um, I agree with you on the second round picks, dude. I think that there's no doubt in my mind that both second round picks like will be making an impact on this team within the first like two, three weeks, this, whether it's good or bad, whether they suck or they're great. They're going to be playing a lot of football in my opinion. We'll find out some answers for sure. Yeah, exactly. I hope it's linemen. I just want uh, one lineman and one wide receiver. I think that's a good safety. I, I agree. I think that's a yeah. good point. I, I think just want to wrap Justin Fields in bubble wrap. Just <laughs> Big Cat has never had a more accurate tweet. A year of my life comes off every time Justin Fields takes a hit. <laughs> it's yeah. true. Every time that man is on the ground, I if he's on the ground for a second longer than I think he should be, my heart's in my balls. Oh, like I'm me and, yeah. Me and Will were in Vegas when he Dude. took like a weird <laughs> landing. His leg was like it looked got hyperextended. Came off the field, we saw Dalton go back on, and he and Justin Fields went straight into the medical tent. That blue thing came up quicker than that, and like my heart just sank. It's like the Raiders fans they were honestly like clapping and cheering when he came off. I thought it was kind of messed up, but like my heart, it was not beating. I don't even think it skipped to be. I remember like, Kurt told me Kurt was like, "Oh, it's just an ankle." And then I felt I was thinking about everyone back in like Belvedere who was watching it on TV and seeing his knee completely go. Yeah. I would have I was oh my god. I was out I was at your I was watching it with Regan. I was out in the garage. I about passed out in the driveway. I was... <laughs> <laughs> Just so much of our future and so much of our team lies out. Like if he's if he's good or not. And if he's not on the field, then that's just like damn, we don't even know that. Exactly. Uh, yeah, wide receiver O-line, first two picks. I'd love it. If we go DB, I'm not going to shoot myself over it. You come on. Like, I think with our offensive line right now, Jenkins, Borum, and Patrick are like three centerpieces moving forward, and that's the center. And you're, I think that they could be two tackles, depending on draft, free agency, yada, yada, yada. Obviously, we swung and missed on Ryan Bates. It happens. It's not on poles at all. We took a swing. You know, Bills matched it. That would have been huge. Now we'd really be talking maybe going defense with one of the picks. There's a lot of holes in this roster. And like I said, I feel like just moving forward with the rest of our money and, you know, our somewhat decent draft capital, it's just about finding, you know, our identity, seeing what we're going to be looking for. Is it going to be an Eberflus draft or is this going to be a uh, no, we need to center it around Justin Fields kind of draft because that's the one thing that worries me when you come into these defensive coach situations. <laughs> you can't tell me that everyone in the Broncos front office, you know, looking at it now, whatever, they got Russell Wilson. They had Ronald Darby, Kendall Fuller, or Bryce Callahan and Kyle Fuller. Did you need to go past Sertain? Pat Sertain's a dog. He's playing good, but you had options like – like, I mean, I'm happy that they did it. They didn't take Justin Fields, but you're telling me that, you know, that's what worries me with these defensive coaches. I would have 100%, if I was a Broncos fan, I would have been jumping up and down saying, Justin Fields, this is your chance. Take Justin Fields. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But... Uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I feel like the Bears right now, you want to talk about identity. I think their entire identity is Justin Fields just based on the way that this offseason has gone. 
you know, cutting a lot of loose weight, man. They're cutting a lot of guys that are even guys that are like names. And, and obviously, you know, front offices don't take into account fans' opinions and what fans think, and at least they shouldn't take into account nostalgia. But, you know, I think if the focus really wasn't on fields and, and some younger guys like that on the offensive side, I don't think they would have made the moves that they've made uh, looking towards the future, you know, getting rid of guys like Tariq Cohen and Khalil Mack that have been kind of household names to the Bears for the last few years. Um, that's just kind of how I see it from a more casual fan perspective, I guess. Um, I don't really know if if there's any weight to that, but I just – I don't know. I, I feel like it's all on fields right now. Uh, that's that's where the focus is. Another thing I'm interested in kind of the dynamic we have going on is the fact that uh, Luke, as he's talked about his how he's going to build the offense to be like with the weapons that he has. He's not following a set offense. You know, he's going to see the talent that he has and, you know, build the playbook around what that is. So, you know, maybe it's just like a best best available offensively with one of these picks, whether it's a stud offensive lineman that we can then incorporate some, you know, I don't even know, some things that we could have now with more athletic pieces up in the line, or maybe it's, you know, a stud X receiver, like um, big Christian Watson, something like that, where now we think that opens up the playbook for Justin Fields to, you know, use his talents better too. So I hope that he has a big stand in it because I think, you know, we're at an opportunity with uh, an offensive coordinator looking to establish himself and looking to, you know, use some of these pieces that the Bears do have. Um, I hope he has some input on, you know, obviously where the future of this offense is going to go. I, I agree. I agree. I think this is like to look at it in a positive light, like obviously, yeah, I want the roster to get better over time, but like, God, it just seems like our coaches couldn't get it done. Mm -hmm. Our coaches for a long time, they haven't been able to get it done. And I know mm -hmm. if you want a championship team, you need a championship roster, but you gotta, you gotta be able to work with what you got. Like mm -hmm. the, the boat shouldn't sink just because you don't have everyone on deck, you know? So I'm, I'm looking forward to see how creative Lou Getze can get this year. And really like, I don't expect perfection. I just want to see, I want to see something to be excited about and like, let's, and this is how you get good free agents to come over. You know, if, mm -hmm. if they see that even with a limited roster, you can get some stuff done and be creative. Just think of what number one receivers will want to do if they see yeah. promising. Yeah. Tom Look at a guy like play. Adam, right. Look at a guy like Adam Robinson, who last year, like I would say our coaching staff was not able to get his full production as far as the player that he is out of him. And like, we're, if you're not even getting the sum of the total or, you know, the sum of the parts of your players, I guess, or however that, saying we'll go, you know, I, I hope we can get a coach that can get greater than um, right. some of those values, you know, and I just think Nagy wasn't that guy and I don't like to dwell on the past. And I just hope that, you know, God, just hoping for some change. I mean, I, I it's, it's bad because you look at the roster the last few years and maybe not last year, but before that, it, I think that was a roster that you could have won a few more games with and, mm -hmm. you know, to pull out more, you know, figures of speech, colloquialisms, whatever, you're only as, as good as your weakest link, you know? And I feel like that was Matt Nagy. Um, here we are dwelling on it again, but I, I don't know. I'm, 
it should be a more fun or at least promising season, I hope. Yeah, I definitely 100% agree. Like anything is more fun than that. I've already said, you know, I don't really don't care about the record moving forward. It's really just about um, watching the future, which we'll know more of who's going to be a part of our future and who's not probably during the season as well. He can't get rid of everyone at once. He's got rid of a lot of guys. But, uh, I mean, just kind of just watching the future of the Chicago Bears hopefully mold together strongly. You know, hopefully seeing Tevin Jenkins take the next step. And it's not just – just don't get me wrong, Justin Fields is by far the most important piece in taking that next step. But hoping to see Jenkins and Borum follow along with them. Jalen Johnson hopefully to turn into an elite cornerback like we're hoping. Cole Komet hopefully to take the next fucking step. Um, just kind of – all around. Future podcast guest. Hopefully, working on it. Still here. Love you, Cole. Love yeah, you. take the next step from best player in the NFL to like best player ever. That's what we're looking for. That's yeah. what we're looking for, Cole. And then best uh, around the loop guest ever. Yeah, right. <laughs> All across the board. But I feel like you know, it's just no matter what, I'm looking forward to it. I like, I like what the off season. You know, I like what we've done so far. You know, get over the what. I mean, there's not much in 2018 to be nostalgic about other than, you know, a double doink and a disappointing 2019, probably like the most disappointing season of my entire life. So like I get the nostalgia factor, but there's really nothing to be that upset about because all it was really was just an ultimate disappointment. Uh, I like I'm obviously, you know, I would have liked to have, you know, like Juju Smith-Schuster, but like I like Byron Pringle. I think that wide receiver is the second most replaceable position in football behind running back. And I think that if you got a good quarterback, you got good receivers. You can make it work with, you know, just about anyone. Rodgers has done it pretty much his entire life other than Devontae Adams. Um, I mean, yeah, Jordy Nelson's solid. Greg Jennings, solid. But uh, um, I had a vision. I had a dream. Like, this is no bullshit, a dream. I'm watching a Bears game. It's week one. This is not a lie. Like, I would not lie to you. Like, this is honest to God. Had a dream, woke up. There's five guys out wide. Regan's pissed. There's two linemen on the line. Regan's throwing a fucking fit. Khalil Herbert takes a snap. Don't know why it wasn't David Montgomery. Wildcat, baby. Wildcat. Throws it to Justin Fields. Byron Pringle goes up the middle. It said like it's like a double flea flicker fucking. I don't know. It went for it went for 65 yards for a touchdown. That's funny. Sounds like one hell of a play. So it, Regan was losing his mind, but it worked. It's a touchdown. I can already envision it in my head. That's what's happening. I'm looking forward to seeing it week one. And you guys can come back Dude. and thank me for this. Oh, even without Nagy, we're going to have illegal formations. <laughs> it is a classic Luke Getze play, man. He loves running those. Just bomb flea flickers with five wide, man. Classic Getze. <laughs> Trademark. Trademark Getze right there. All right, fellas. Summertime. Baseball. Cubs, Sox. Yeah, let me mute my mic. White Sox made a move today. <laughs> we it's uh, for uh, our our big right fielder move came. God, this is the saddest, saddest <laughs> offseason. Like our best, this our best move came before the lockout when we got Kendall Graveman. I think that was our best move, and then our most expensive signing that wasn't in the bullpen, Leary Garcia. It's so disappointing that we can just see the window and spend some money, but I don't know. We're still really talented. Spring training's been fine. No one's been hurt. Can't complain yet. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't man. know what to say, I, honestly. 
disappointing offseason for the White Sox for sure um, because, you know, what was the talk for White Sox fans as soon as they lost that playoff series? It was like, okay, we're going to go in free agency. We're going to get Chris Taylor. We're going to get somebody to play second base. And none of that happened. Mm -hmm. Like you said, though, Lucas, granted, it's still a playoff team. It's still a playoff roster, in my opinion. Um, I, I think they will be one of the better teams in the American League, hopefully. Um, just because, you know, it's another year of experience under your belt. You, you learned from last year. But, I mean, man, uh, you didn't trade Craig Kimbrell. I think you could have gotten some pieces for Kimbrell. Um, although, me personally, I, I don't know, I'm biased towards liking Craig Kimbrell. I just think that he's got a little more upside than downside, but obviously he struggled mightily. Um, so you could have gotten some value there and, you know, that big yeah. trade coming through today, it's just – it's <laughs> underwhelming. Yeah, the Kimbrough thing confuses me too because we, I think, probably by like $20 million have the most expensive bullpen in baseball, and he's a big a big chunk of that. I think he may be the biggest chunk of that, certainly more expensive than uh, even Hendricks on the deal that he signed with us. So, you know, it kind of makes sense. Also, I saw today the um, they're ranking the total farm systems. And the first set came out, White Sox have the last ranked farm system in all of baseball. And I'm not surprised because for the last five years, we've had a top 10 farm system. And, you know, a lot of those guys are just have graduated and made it to the big leagues. And, you know, that's a big reason of why we're so successful, or at least have, for the first time, you know, made back-to-back -back playoffs and stuff like that. Um, and I guess the good side of it is we still have, you know, I think top two and not two best bullpen in baseball. Uh, top five rotation. I saw MLB.com agrees with that or MLB Network, whichever list just came out. Um, and then, you know, a really potent offense. So I can't complain too much. I think we're still definitely favorites in the AL Central, but um, it would have been nice to, you know, make one move and think of myself as, you know, the favorite in the American League then. And that just never came in. But um, let's talk about the Cubs because honestly, I, I've had a lot of fun watching some of their games on spring training so far on Marquee. Got the app pretty much on all day when it when their games are. So, you know, they at least made a move. They got a right fielder. They've got some good prospects. They've got some more fun. My guy, Suzuki. Uh, that was unexpected. I'm I'm really happy with that move. Uh, channeling some Kosuke Fukudome vibes right now, man. I mean, nice. I, I, <laughs> there was no higher time when I was like nine or ten than when the Cubs signed Kosuke Fukudome. You're coming off a of back-to-back division titles. It's 2009. You know, you know you've know, you got a team that can compete. You go and sign this Japanese superstar. It's a three-run home run on opening day. I mean, the vibes were immaculate, and there was nothing better than that. And uh, I think hopefully that brings some of, the, some of that similar energy to Wrigley Field. I think that's a move that says that the Cubs are still looking to compete. Uh, knowing that they've got some talent on the roster and and hopefully they can compete. Uh, for me, I, I think the ceiling for them is a wild card spot this year. I think it would be a tall task to win the division. I think that Milwaukee and St. Louis, you know, obviously I, I don't think either of them did a ton this offseason, except, of course, the Cardinals signing Albert Pujols, and you know damn well he's going to kill the Cubs. <laughs> um, however, I, I still think that the – Cubs are a little bit below where they are. Um, I really loved the Stroman signing. Again, it just shows the team's aggressive. They want to compete, and uh, I can appreciate that as a fan. 
Yeah, I think I draw some similarities from what they're doing to kind of what the Bears are doing. Like they kind of said they had to trim some of the fat, um, re-signing the players that they had on the roster wasn't enough to, you know, take them to the next step, you know, and, and win the division or let alone the World Series. Um, so they kind of had to make some moves that maybe the fan base didn't, didn't love. And even the returns, I feel like we talked about, um, weren't as high, you know, prospects as some people expected. And, you know, honestly, they weren't bad either. So now it's time to see, like, what those prospects are becoming, who's taking the next step, maybe see if Strowman's going to be your ace or if you need to go out and get another one for whenever it is you make your next uh, division push, whether, you know, assuming next year, hopefully. And some of those guys like Madrigal, too, who you haven't seen on the field. He got in the trade, and then he was out for the rest of the year with his hamstring injury. Um, Brendan Davis, if he's going to be playing in the MLB this year, um, do you need to go out and spend big money on another corner outfielder or is Suzuki and Frazier going to be those guys? Um, so, you know, I think this will be a year uh, where a lot of answers or questions are answered. And um, you know, I think you're right in saying that you, uh, a wild card spot is certainly in reach, though. I think so, which is exciting, um, you know, especially after the last two years. So. Speaking of Kosuke Fukudome, I had the shirt. Fukudome is my home. I mean, if you didn't have that <laughs> shirt, I mean, it was legend. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm excited about the Cubs. Me and my dad were just talking. We're not expecting much, but it's just more of like a mental health thing, like when it comes to the, you know, Cubs baseball in summertime. You know, you just need it. Like, who cares if they're good or bad? Like, you know, obviously it was really fun when they were good. But, I mean, just kind of like, you know, you're – sitting out in your garage and you're just watching a Cubs game on marquee. That's, you know, you need, you want it, you need it. You know, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm happy that it's back. And, Thank uh, God. Yeah. Thank All God. Right. Indulge me. Pretend I don't know a lot about baseball. Um, <laughs> who, who are your guys's way too early favorites for going to the world series? I think we lost Lucas. He's a little frozen. Or you guys hear go on. Yeah, we got you. We can hear you now. Oh, no, it's like, yeah, it's frozen as fuck, but, I mean, I can still talk, I guess. Cool. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. You're grimacing in, in your frozen frozen like, frame. You look like a good listener right now. At least <laughs> so, okay, should we just jump off the Jack's question? Yeah, go on. All right. So, for me, in the National League, it's the Dodgers, without a doubt. I mean – what they did this offseason is typical Dodgers. It's very much all in. Um, Just have a lot of money. Yes, exactly. Uh, they have a lot of money. They've got a lot of weight, and they're throwing it around. And why not? Um, so I really like the Dodgers. Um, they they were kind of the favorite going into last year, and they honestly underperformed. They still won 100 games, I think, but they still underperformed because – Uh, I'm trying to remember. It's it's been a while. A lot has happened in baseball, but I don't think they won the division. Uh, I think, yeah, they played in the wild card game, beat the Cardinals. Um, So I I like the Dodgers this year out of the National League. They had any notable moves this offseason, really? Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman. Oh, Freeman. yeah. Yeah. Okay. I did. I did see that. Yeah, that's huge. He's pretty old, though, isn't he? He's, I I think he's 32, 31 or 32. And, uh, there's been some comparisons like that was around the age pool signed his extension and then Cabrera as well in Detroit and their numbers uh, like declined big time after that. So I don't know. 
it's hard to say right now. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. I think everyone right now thinks Freddie Freeman is one of the best hitters in the game. So, like, obviously, I'm not going to sit here and say that that's going to happen. But with age, you know, everyone's body reacts differently. And so we'll see how that goes. I think it's just a great deal right now because the Dodgers have such a good lineup. I mean, it, it totally makes sense. And I think they'd probably be the safest bet. But I think I'd challenge you with the Braves aren't coming out of the National League right now because while they don't have Freddie Freeman, they're on the wrong end of that deal. They got Matt Olson, who if you're looking for a left-handed first baseman and you don't have Freddie Freeman, I think Matt Olson's pretty much the next best thing. And then in addition to that, they're getting Ronald Acuna Jr. back, who was arguably the best player on that team before he went out with his injury and missed all of last season. So they're getting back, you know, an MVP perennial candidate in Acuna plus, you know, the next best option to Freeman. So without any other major minor um, or without any other major uh, subtractions or additions, you know, I think that team's still just as good. I think that's a, that's a fair counter. And I, I would take them as the number two. Um, yeah. But for me, it's just hard to top the Dodgers lineup. I mean, it's like an all-star team uh, and the Braves are kind of right there with them as well, you know, especially with that Olsen, tr- Olsen trade and deal. I really like that for them, but, I mean, Dodgers, you go Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, Justin Turner, Max Muncy, Will Smith, Chris Taylor, Cody Bellinger, A.J. Pollock. I mean, where's they the weak link? They could all be awesome. like the ninth best player on that lineup. Because yeah. he was like an MVP candidate like two yeah. years ago. They've got Will Smith. <laughs> not for long. He's about to be suspended for his action. He got rid of his season tickets. Who you guys got coming out of the A.O.? Oh man, I think I'd say Toronto. I think their their offense is is insane. I think they'd probably beat uh, the White Sox in the American League Championship Series. But you know, I think the White Sox are the second best team. What what gives them the edge, Toronto? I'd say is that they have a division where they're going to be playing in a playoff atmosphere the entire season. White Sox don't necessarily have that. It was kind of me and Larry's gripe with the team. Uh, talking about them all last year. It's just they kind of strolled through it, won the games they were supposed to, and then came down to it. They hadn't faced the level of competition and certainly hadn't performed to the level um, that we had hoped in the regular season when we did come across those teams. So it wasn't even really. I heard. Bye. That was a lot of good. How, who you got coming out of the American League yet, Larry? Oh, man. I. Hmm. I like the Red Sox. Maybe kind of an underdog, but that that move for Trevor Story, I think, gives them a huge boost in their lineup. Um, kind of like what Lucas was saying with the American League East, uh, it's a very competitive division, and that you're going to be playing the top competition all year long. Um, so that's going to prime them up. Again, the AL East is going to be really tough to come out of, uh, and whoever comes out of there is going to have a great shot to win the pennant. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I couldn't tell you. I like the Dodgers. They're really good. They got Freddie Freeman. I don't know who's good in the AL. No Sox are supposed to be good. Um, and the AL East is just, you know, pretty damn good. He's got the Red Sox. Perks I'm going to go White Sox. Perks of Toronto. Yeah. No, yeah, we heard you. You're good, Toronto. Um, one question I got for you guys. We'll wrap it up with Chicago. Bears, who they taking at 38? Bulls, how far are they going in the playoffs? And uh, you guys already talked about Cubs and Sox, uh, where you guys kind of have them going. Uh, 
on your cap and ceilings and all that. So Bears, who are they taking at 38? Bulls, how far are they going off in the playoffs? Larry, we'll start with you. Oh, man. Uh, Bears, to be honest, I haven't studied the draft enough to know names. Um, I think at 38, you're taking an offensive lineman. I think you're taking the best one available. At least I think that's what they should do. Um, as for the Bulls, I like them to win a first-round uh, playoff series. Um, I think they win a first round and disappoint us in the second round. Probably a gentleman sweep in the second. You know, we'll get one on them, whoever we're yeah. playing in the second. Jack? Um, how am I supposed to think about this? Um, <laughs> all right. As Jackson Pauls are the Bulls fan, um, I'd like to see just let's win a series. Let's not have a first round exit. That's that's gonna we'll be, all get a high bar. That's gonna be pretty depressing after being first in the east for so long. That'll be tough. Um, and you know what? I'm not even gonna speculate, even really. I'm gonna say for sure, let's get this first round win, but Really, to add on top of that, I'd like to just see Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan just play like some superstars. Even if we lose, even if we lose the series, I'd like to see two guys that another star is going to want to play with. That's what I want to see. Okay. And Bears, yeah, just protect Justin Fields. That's just whatever you have to do to do that. Let's let's go with that. Uh, was there a third? Was there a third question? No, no third question. No. Yeah, I'm I'm with you guys. I'll talk to draft pick first. I think Zion Johnson, he's a guard. Um, someone I've seen kind of mock to them at 38 a few times. I think I'd be happy with that. But also the front office has one of these wide receivers they're really high on and they happen to be slipping because I just – I think there's so many different ways that you can look at the wide receiver class. So, um, you know, if we got our guy and, and we we take him there, then I, I'll be happy if we go wide receiver. But I think Zion Johnson's a, a safe, you know, big offensive lineman we could take. And then, yeah, the Bulls, I think – I think – oh, God, I'm scared. God, I'm so scared. It's probably but, a first-round bounce. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> probably a first-round bounce. But, um, yeah, let's – fuck it. Let's say they're going to win the first round and then the second round is not going to look too high. But I think they can – I don't. I don't want them to be like slept on by any means. Like oh, I think if all. they're getting slept on heading into the series, then you know, let's not forget they still are a very good team. But you know, odds are they're not going to be slept on. They're going to be respected, and then they're going to promptly be asked to leave. So best case scenario. <laughs> best case scenario <laughs> is Raptors somehow go crazy and they finish with the four, and we finish with the five or something, or yeah. vice versa, and uh, you know, we get them in the first round and bounce their ass in six, <laughs> and then. Uh, Getting our asses sent home and two. Um, yeah, best case scenario, we win one. If we win two, I'll be ecstatic going into next year. Like, all right, you know, you've seen that we can win two playoff series, AK. Now Mars we'll, only getting older. Now, yeah, now get us to the now get well, us to the last, last idea for the Bears. Um Justin Fields with Chris Olave get some dirt from the old college days. Drop plummet the draft stock. <laughs> You're telling me. You remember that party they went to where he did? Yeah, y'all telling me that Justin Fields doesn't have a video of Chris Olave smoking a fat old J 
Justin Fields, pull a Laramie Tunzel. Do it for your boy. He's in the crazy shaking head in the group chat, you know? Yeah, yeah. How, this is where we see how bad Justin Fields wants to win. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> got a champion on the field. We got a winner. We just got a got an athlete. Exactly. Uh, and then I think if the Bears, uh, dude, I can see them going DB at one and taking like Roger McCreary from Auburn. I would love George Pickens. I think that's like obviously consensus Bear fans. Who do you want to take? George Pickens. I'd love him. Uh, and then, yeah, I guess offensive linemen's a chance, but I, I'm going to go out and say bears, you know, we, we got, we wanted last year. We're going to do it again. You know, things have been going our way. I think we're getting George Pickens first pick. And then, you know, if they go Roger McCreary, I think that at 48, that'd be a steal actually. So, uh, if they go there, I won't be upset, but I would love an offensive lineman as well. There's so there's like a list of like ten players where yeah. if like they're in that range, I'm all right with them taking it. So right. DBs, offensive line, wide receivers. I think you know as long as like something gets addressed and I I feel like they they see the same thing I'm seeing. I'm like, all right, you got that too. Like yeah. we need that. We need yeah. a better player there. Plenty of holes to address. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. All right, guys, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Around the Loop. Uh, it's always a pleasure with these guys. Uh, I'm sure we'll be coming back to talk to you maybe a little post-draft. It'd be nice. It was a lot of fun. Jack, Larry, Lucas, thank you guys so much for hopping on with me and talking sports. Yep. All right. Love it. Peace out, guys.